Okay, looks like we're live now. What's going on, everyone? And welcome back to the Xbox Roundtable podcast. Another exciting episode to look forward to. This is show number 223. I'm Invader, and we are back after taking last week off for the Easter weekend. My batteries are recharged, as I'm sure many other people. many others on the panel are and we are ready to dig into all the news over the past little while uh let's see here as far as the topics go uh we've got some info coming out about xbox console sales we'll get into all that growth uh lots of talks surrounding ubisoft as of late uh, with the company apparently entertaining offers to get bought out the panel will go into details on that Also, Halo Infinite finally has a laid out roadmap. We'll tell you our thoughts on that and much, much more. But of course, I can't start getting into things without introducing everybody on the panel. All right, let's uh, go into here. Let's start off with General MLD. Buddy, hey, how you been? Hey, uh, doing pretty good here. Just, uh... Finished Guardians of the Galaxy and recently moved on to Mass Effect Legendary Edition. That trilogy revisited, like compared to like back in the day, it is amazing. Like I'm on Mass Effect 2 right now, uh, carrying over like, you know, just carrying over all the choices from part one. If nobody has played this yet, I really, really recommend it. It holds up amazing. Okay. All right. Good to know. Good to know. Uh, I, you know what? I have Guardians of the Galaxy downloaded from Game Pass. I just haven't had a chance to uh, play it myself. But yeah, something I get a bite into as well as yeah, Mass Effect as well. I I, <laughs> I know there's a few people on the panel that love Mass Effect to no end. Uh, what a guest! I don't know something about the the person with the Garrus uh, icon. I don't know. Just you know that might be a little bit of a hint. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, but let's see, going down the list here, Eric Shockley, buddy, great to see ya, I hope you've been well, uh, how you been, pal? Pretty good, um, uh, just been, uh, had a brain fart for a second, um, uh, but just been, uh, playing some, uh, Sonic Mania, just getting after the, uh, Sonic Origins news this past week, definitely hyped for that, um, good deal, I would say with the, uh, uh with the with the pricing given that they're not going to be able to really uh get you to fork over i mean they could try but you know given that all these games are going to be backwards compatible like moving forward you're going to be able to play this on all your future xboxes so it's kind of like the last time they're gonna you know get some money out of you but there's quite a few oh quite a bit of new content like uh new cutscene animations um i forget the uh artist's name but and a lot of cool other things they put into it. But uh, um, going through Sonic Mania, it's it's crazy what you can buy with MS Reward or with Microsoft Rewards. Like, just like, hey, oh, I have, uh, from just doing web searches, I got $20 worth. Okay, let me, cool. Let me, I know I got it on the Switch, but I wanted some of the, you know, achievements for it, for playing it. <laughs> so I just went and copped Sonic Mania just now. Um, been running through that a little bit this weekend, but... Yeah, it's it's crazy how fast you earn those rewards points. But <laughs> soon, at some point, I feel like they're gonna stop doing this because if you do fifty mm. web searches a day, that's it. Fifty web searches a day—that's ninety bucks. If you and your spouse do it, that's one hundred and eighty. That's Game Pass Ultimate for the year. Like at some point, they're gonna turn these off. I, I 
I'm just guessing. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it is I a pretty know. good deal for some of the stuff that uh, you earn, right? But hey, for now, take advantage of it while you can. I mean, uh, the points. Yeah, are I'm not good. skeptical of how they earn money from Game Pass Ultimate. I'm under. How is this sustainable? It's like it's, they're literally like if you take advantage of it, you can just off web searches alone. That's a you know ninety bucks per person. So part of it is they're oh, yeah. trying to get Bing ad search uh, the ads that you oh, would okay. that would be displayed on the screen they're they're just That's trying true. to get people to use bing as their main um <clears throat> I'll, I'll keep doing it <laughs> but, um, yeah, <laughs> I'll, also just to not be that guy but to be that guy don't don't brag about having multiple accounts they can actually ban you for that Oh, I don't have multiple accounts. I was no. saying if my spouse did no. it, hey, she, you know. But actually, but those points are supposed to be for her. You're not supposed, like, you're, they actually, I actually had a, I have a friend whose spouse gifted him points and they actually locked both their accounts because she gifted way too many. Like, yeah, they actually take the reward system very seriously, especially if you start, like, trying to migrate points to other accounts and stuff. Oh, I gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. No, but yeah, that you would just purchase your own. No, that's reward. what I mean. Everything's yeah. Game Pass Ultimate shared between, well, can be shared between two people. Two um, yeah, that, I was just wanting to give you a heads up. They do take oh, it seriously, yeah, yeah, yeah. though. I have, I gotcha. I, yeah, I know somebody that actually did get caught for running two accounts and they actually banned all his accounts across the board. Yeah, that makes sense because you could just earn like tons of money if you were just running these on like some bot account or some shit. Right. <laughs> that makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, totally. Moving on down the list here, Tim, buddy. It is great to see you here. Uh, how you been the past little while? Yeah, I've been doing good. Been uh, busy. Been uh, sorry, I've been here for a couple of weeks, but um, you know, a uh, couple of things going on, work and stuff like that. Uh, but happy to be here. We got a, we got a nice show tonight. A little something to talk about. Um, hopefully, uh, the next coming weeks, we get some, uh, real good Xbox news and that's a possibility. And, uh, you know, uh, we'll have a good show today. Let's, let's get going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with you, man. Uh, Centurion pal, uh, how you been the past week? Been gaming? Like, what's up? Well, um, it's actually been a pretty damn good week for me. I've been having a great time. Um, I have been getting lost in Lego Star Wars, um, the Skywalker saga. I still cannot put that game down for the life of me. Um, and Wilmy Hood reached out to me and invited me to be part of Gaming Beyond the Box. So as soon as they return to doing their shows, not this uh, coming Wednesday, but the following Wednesday, I will also start being a panel member over there with Wilmy Hood and the great, amazing individuals that make up Gaming Beyond the Box. Ah, no way. That's awesome. Uh, Great to see that. Uh, The Gaming Beyond the Box crew are amazing. Uh, Like, I just, again, words cannot describe. I, I love everyone there. Great people from Wilmy to just again everybody Leonidas. We've had a whole bunch of uh, uh, people from that show on here as guests, and uh, they all contribute uh, in different ways. HR Bomber and so on. But uh, yeah, really, really cool people. Glad that's awesome. That's good to hear, uh, Centurion. And last but not least, uh, Crusader. Hey, what's happening, man? Nothing much. I have been playing a very gross amount of Skyrim Anniversary Edition, uh, Supermodded. 
Um, I'm actually writing up a guide for um, people who want to get into modding in Skyrim, and then after that, I'm going to be doing one for um, modded Minecraft as well. Oh, very nice. Dovahkiin, very cool. Yeah. Oh, now yeah. this is all PC-based, right? This is PC-based. However, I'm going sure. to try my best to point out the the probably the best mods that I know are also on Xbox. Xbox has a lot of, a lot more limitations on like how much how, like the file sizes and stuff like that. Uh, not nearly as limited as PlayStation is because you can actually have new assets on Xbox. Um, and some of the best mods, some of my favorite ones, are on Xbox, like Legacy of the Dragonborn. And uh, Beyond Skyrim Bruma. Um, so uh, that, that's a little sneak peek into what I'm going to be recommending. Um, but yeah, um, uh, I, I've been having a blast. I, I think I, ha I, have a I have like 100 hours in it so far in the past like three weeks. Somebody's just a little bit obsessed, yeah. you know. Just yeah, now, I, I, I have been. I, I love Skyrim. I, I love Bethesda RPGs, which you're. I'm going to be like disappeared off of Twitter, except for like Sundays here on the show um, when uh, Starfield comes out. So if I can ask, um, yes. I didn't own Skyrim digitally. I owned it physically. So when the anniversary edition came out and it went on sale for the holidays, I actually picked it up digitally just to put it in, just to have the game digitally. But to ask, is the anniversary edition add a n noticeable amount of content, or is it just like one of those games where you kind of the DLC content or the content that it added, it kind of can sometimes just kind of get lost in the game because it's not really nothing special. It adds a lot of stuff that feels natural to the game. There, there are you'll be able to tell that it's creation content because the NPCs are. Um, not actually voiced they reuse voice lines from the game uh and so some of it feels a little bit off but the content that it adds is actually fairly good like the the new dungeons the new um player homes the new spells and enemy types like it, it adds a fairly good uh amount of stuff to the game i think it was worth the asking price that that looks like it was like 20 bucks or something for the upgrade it, it, it was worth that asking price Okay. Right. Um, yeah, it's it's a fairly good amount of content. All right, all right. Well, good to know. Good to know. Uh, definitely, uh, you know, update us on how that goes for you, Crusader. Uh, all right, guys. Before we uh, go here, just a quick reminder that the show can be found on many favorite audio platforms from Apple Podcasts, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many, many others. Just hey, check us out uh, for more ways to listen. For your favorite Sunday night Xbox podcast on the go. All right. Uh, well, guys, why don't we uh, jump into our first topic, shall we? And you know what? We've been seeing some interesting hardware numbers coming out lately, like sales estimates and so on. And according to VG Charts estimates, Xbox Series consoles have topped 14 million, which is. I mean, you know, that's pretty good. That's uh, definitely very competitive. Uh, this is from April 3rd to 9th. Uh, the Xbox Series consoles sold nearly 174,000 consoles. However, the Nintendo Switch is still the runway leader with nearly 309,000 units sold. <laughs> wow, that thing. You just can't stop that thing. 
It's like a Energizer Bunny on speed, like on acid. It's crazy. Uh, Tim, uh, kicking this one off with you, pal. Uh, what do you think about uh, these numbers? Because early on in this generation, you know, things are looking relatively strong right now for the Xbox Series consoles. I know that like these are just estimates, but I mean, I, I would still consider that pretty, pretty encouraging. Well, listen, first of all, uh, I'll get it out of the way. VGA, VG charts are, are just estimates. They're not factual numbers. They are based on, um, mm -hmm. you know, they make phone calls to GameStop and they try to get inventory and they do some research uh, and then they apply uh, some best guesstimates and they, and, and they put it straight forward. Um, the reason why uh, Aaron and another executive quoted the, the VG charts, even though they previously talked, I think, 10 years ago, somebody brought up a tweet that it isn't factual, um, is simply because they wanted to just show appreciation um, because they uh, are doing very well. They have the actual numbers. And I think what's going on here is, is that, um, you know, they don't report on numbers, uh, as we know, uh, for over 10 years, and um, uh, I think they've actually had a period in the last five months where they've actually outsold Sony head-to-head -head for five months straight, uh, or, you know, since November or October. Um, you know, people can, can say that, that it's comply constraints and stuff like that, the reason being, but regardless, this is something that hasn't happened in over 12 years uh when uh you know xbox was out selling sony for a period of time so that's why you got all that confusion and just let's throw it out there throw it away vga charts is not a, a stat but uh it was not a factual uh you know and you really it's just guesstimates and mm -hmm. uh i can never use it as a source myself but uh, the thing is, is that what we'll takeaway here is, is that um, Xbox might come out and talk about this, but they've been doing very well, uh, better than 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 they expected, I think, and they're in a position right now where I don't think that they would have expected to be in. When this generation started out, they talked about two to one, Sony being in favor, being the strong guy, and absolutely, Xbox has no chance, but um what the tale here is it's far different xbox is selling uh xbox is out selling sony even on months that they have uh you know huge AAA releases one in horizon and one in gt7 um and you know apply to it like i said we know that we know the situation with the stuff with the the shortages and all that stuff and, and that definitely is playing a game into it but they but besides that they haven't increased demand and they're outselling the same point where they were uh, with the 360 in the generation. So that's saying something. I would say, um, yeah, they're probably around the 14 million mark, 15 million mark. Um, and they're on pace probably to do 15 million for the physical year um, or their physical year, which is absolutely outstanding considering uh, the last five, six years, they've averaged about, seven to eight million so they're they're doubling their output the story here is xbox is absolutely doing a great job and they're they're in a position where i don't think that even themselves would believe that they would be in 
And uh, there might be some further stuff on this. They might talk about it, I've heard. Um, but that's how that whole thing went about. And they knew what they were doing, quoting the VG charts. Um, and I think it was more of a thing to say, hey, we see, we see you. We see the numbers, uh, which they know themselves. They have the actual numbers. And they wanted to thank the fan base and just uh, basically show appreciation. And that's all that was. Um, and then, you know, we have all the stuff that was taken afterwards, you know, the 10-year-old quote uh, or the tweet, this and that. But uh, they knew what they were doing there. Again, they have the numbers. And what your takeaway is is Xbox is absolutely killing it. And uh, I think this is going to be a continuation. Do I think Sony's going to lose to Xbox this generation in console sales? Absolutely not. They're going to sell more consoles. But, you know, Xbox has their, you know, hand in mobile. They have their hand in PC. Uh, and they're in a lot of different places that Sony isn't. Um, so Sony kind of had to, you know, keep a really big lead, in my opinion, for multiple reasons, exclusives, times exclusives. So when you're not getting that two-to-one ratio that, that they thought they were going to get, you're getting more of a, you know, 20 million to 17 million type deal, 5 million apart. Uh, you know, Xbox probably sell over 100 million consoles this generation. Uh, the story is far different, and it's um, it's taken a, a different route than I think anybody, like I keep saying, I don't think anybody could have predicted this. And uh, overall takeaway is um, Xbox is doing awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, well said. And yeah, obviously we have to keep in mind that these are, like you said, these are just estimates vg charts isn't exactly what you would call the most reliable uh again it is very interesting though some of the reactions that like let's say aaron greenberg was getting i think he had uh, quoted vg charts and like there was a lot of different twitter reactions and a lot of people were like losing their mind to him but obviously xbox personnel uh know the numbers behind the scenes they have a pretty good idea i would think so I think that helps kind of substantiate that, again, Xbox is doing well. Uh, I would love to hear more thoughts on this on the panel. Uh, MLD, but there I mean... Was that. Oh, no, oh, yeah. sorry. Go, no, no, no. Go ahead, Shock. Go ahead, Shock. I'll... I was just going to mention, because um, I was telling a lot of people, like, the numbers are probably relative to, like, you know, a pretty good estimate of where they're at. Like, if, if this number was like well below, I don't think he was going to be retweeting this. He could have just said the same thing and said, Hey, we're still just like they said in uh, January. Hey, we're still the fastest selling Xbox, which when they said that in January, they said at this point, meaning at that, you know, at that time or that many months, um, they're the fastest selling, which is the huge, who is a, you know, official analyst that people go by his numbers, which is funny because he came after Jeff Grubb. Uh, about you know saying hey this is a irresponsible tweet of like saying VG charges has gotten better um, well because sometimes he does also say estimates himself like he said hey based off that message that they said in January fastest selling Xbox this would put them at 12 million it is an estimate he didn't give it an exact number he kind of did a guesstimation just like VG charts. So that part's kind of odd, and you can definitely use them because a lot of their stuff is factual because guess what they do? They update their numbers when they get official numbers. The person that runs it right now has 
been very transparent. Like he tweets all the time about saying, here's where we, you know, here's how they got by their numbers here. What, what do they use? So he's very transparent. And that's why they stopped doing uh, software numbers as well. They only update like totals whenever like a publisher actually gives an official announcement, they go and update it there. So they're only really going by official word other than like, hey, they'll estimate a little bit. But then once they get an official update or something that kind of like, hey, Xbox has got to be at this, at least around this number now, you know, kind of like how Z Huge told us 12 million in January based off what Microsoft is kind of saying, then they can update their numbers and kind of like, you know, curve them back down. Oh, we must have been overestimating here. You know, let's, uh, you know, bring it back down to where we think it is based off newer information. So that whole thing of like saying you can't even use them, like, no, they actually do a pretty good job of going back and when new information is available, they adjust their numbers. So you can use them as a good reference bar to see like how well past consoles are doing. Those are accurate numbers, so you can still use them. Um, and their numbers are pretty accurate when, especially with Sony and Nintendo, because they update those pretty regularly every quarter. So to say like they're, you can't use them, but yeah, Use them as a, they're not an analyst reporting the numbers. Use them as, hey, this is a relative good estimation ballpark figure, what we're looking at. So, all right. All that's right. pretty much my Jason's. No, I, hey, I like that. That's a good perspective, uh, Eric. Very, very good. Um, no, I, I like your takeaway from that. Uh, but yeah, MLD, pal. I mean, obviously, we've got some interesting numbers floating around here. I think both Tim and Eric had some really, really good points. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, VG charts, again, they're not what you would call like the most authentic numbers. But at the same time, it seems to be within the a pretty good ballpark of a number, I would say. Oh, yeah. I mean, VG charts is, it, it, let's be honest, it's, it's the best metric that we have. No one actually believes these are like true, like really like hard numbers. Obviously, yeah, they're obviously updated as we get more information, but no one actually believes that the numbers are off the bat, like reliable. It's, again, it's just the best system we got. It's an estimate. But I think this got a way more attention than what it deserved to have, like way too much. But I think ultimately it just stemmed from, I think my opinion, I think just the status quo from last generation it's being disrupted. It's not, this is not the numbers that people last gen predicted to, to, for it to go. No one expected Xbox to be out selling PlayStation for the last five or so months now, like period. Like supply shortages or not, no one predicted this and the results, they are what they are. So I think ultimately that was the reason why this got a lot of attention. And the end of the, end of the day, Aaron Greenberg, he didn't endorse the numbers. All he did was, was thank, he was thanking gamers. Like, thank you for buying it to Xbox. Hope these supply shortages can be alleviated. That's all he did. Like, by, by, but I think just the act of uh, retweeting that it got it caused all this this reactions and stuff. Like, I didn't necessarily think he was endo endorsing the numbers, but mm -hmm. I feel like yeah, it was said before. If the numbers were really truly off, I think he would have said that. So I think maybe that the the implication of it. But in the end of the day, I think we're making uh people are making mountains out of anthills here. Like ultimately Xbox is doing great, better than anybody uh, on whether you're Xbox fan or PlayStation fan, better than anybody could have expected. And this is during a, a period of the time of the year where 
what uh playstation they released what like uh back-to-back triple exclusives and we and we're just like we just got game pass uh, stuff right now and yet we're still pulling these numbers we're still the best-selling xbox out of all xboxes like this generation it bodes very very well so far so early in like like this is before starfield and, and the floodgates have have released all the other games coming out so i think ultimately that's what this is all about it's just the status quo is being being uh upended and uh, hey, I, I can't be happier based on how things are going right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for the record, everyone in the chat, like, I mean, I don't get anything from, again, console sales or whatnot. I just want to see a healthy ecosystem. I want to see these consoles be successful because, again, then we get the games and so on. And we see the investment from these companies from the publishers and so on so i mean nintendo's doing pretty well xbox is doing amazing especially considering what happened last gen and again uh playstation's not doing i mean they're doing pretty well too from the looks of it but xbox i mean for the past few months they've been on fire and that's without a doubt uh moving on down the list here who can i pick on Ooh, centurion you know what i will pick on you uh what do you think of, again, like, do you agree with what the panel members are saying? Like, what do you think of, uh, again, this news coming out of VG Charts? Uh, what do I think of this news? Um, well, for starters, I never put much stock into any numbers ever released because I know the ultimate truth that Microsoft doesn't really release their numbers. And for some reason, that gets a lot of people up in arms that they, they need to know. They need to be justified in their purchase, and they need to know exactly how much that thing is sold. Um, but let's look at one good picture. Um, McDonald's has sold billions of burgers around the world, and they aren't even in the conversation when you talk about who makes a good cheeseburger. So um, just because you have high sales numbers you know, like for, you know, what's going on over at PlayStation for years um, still doesn't mean that they're delivering the quality that I'm looking for. And Microsoft has been delivering that quality, in my opinion, for a very long time. They deliver quality in uh, the value that you get by purchasing into uh, services uh, like Game Pass. Um, just the value there alone is unfathomable. It is probably the best deal in gaming right now bar none um also with the value is like dual purchases i mean getting games that can go across not only platforms but also going on to the you could have a game that also works on pc and xbox there's a lot of value there they've really made me feel valued as a customer and I really think that people are starting to get, catch on to the new Microsoft. Yeah, the the old norm was, you know, pick on Xbox and go buy a PlayStation. Um, and like General MLD said, now that norm has been completely upset. People are, they were planning for people to just go in and get shopping carts full of PlayStations and leave the Xboxes on the shelves. And it couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, it, regardless of a shortage of materials to build these consoles i feel like everybody all of a sudden is talking about xbox and i mean in in a good way it used to be picking on xbox but now when you tune into some of these shows they're they're covering the games that are coming to game pass and and the things that xbox are doing in a more better light i'm totally excited for what's going on over at xbox these numbers reflect that 
and it's going to be a very, very close generation. And, you know, I just don't understand why everybody shouldn't be happy that we're seeing this competition take place. We're only talking about they're within a couple million units of each other. You know, one misstep can make Sony slow down or one one piece in the right position can all of a sudden push Xbox over the edge and all of a sudden nobody nobody can stop buying Xboxes because they just need to have one now. All it takes is one little thing to tip that scale. They are so close. And we are getting a serious amount of competition as a result of that. We're starting to hear grumblings that PlayStation is now starting to look at wanting to release games day and date on PC. You know how many people said that wasn't even going to be possible? And now all of a sudden, not even mo- not even months later from the, the day of that being said, because they've just recently started putting games on PC, and now months later, they're already hiring somebody to help head the pc division of playstation i'm sorry the writing's on the wall microsoft has definitely changed the gaming industry and a lot of gaming companies are going to start following suit and it's honestly just going to lead to better competition and more services that can be delivered to us mm-hmm. and speaking of which just to add to that centurion too obviously microsoft has been heavily invested in the xbox and there was talk of that xbox had paid for a chip priority for the xbox series consoles that's why we're seeing more of them uh out in the marketplace and just uh again the playstation 5 there hasn't been too many of them uh around so people have been able just to pick up a, a few more xboxes which again i thought that was a smart move uh I'm not sure if that's a rumor or confirmed, but I, I saw that uh, over the past couple of weeks about chip priority. And I just found that very interesting, and uh, oh, I think well, it, I think it paid off. They obviously they probably more than likely paid for chip priority. Sorry, I didn't mean to in, interrupt, but mm-hmm. no, no, I'm pretty sure they did. Who would not pay for priority? I mean, trust me, right now, one of the companies I buy products from cuts me off at $75,000 a month, and we just wish we could have them dedicate all of their time to us, but that would put a lot of other companies out of business, and they just don't work that way. So yeah, once we hit our $75,000 threshold for the month, we are done. Yeah, I would love to be able to pray, uh, pay for some priority there. And uh, Microsoft, was it, uh, you know, it comes down to, yeah, Microsoft may have the pockets for it, but you also have to have the right business that's wanting to actually take a deal like that. And that shouldn't be put on Microsoft. That should be to the business that basically sits back in their chair going, well, if you give us this much money, we'll completely forget about the other guy. That's not on Microsoft. Obviously, Microsoft would obviously jump at the deal. But, you know, regardless of that chip priority, you know, Microsoft had to create the demand in the end people are just not walking into these these no oh, i wanted a playstation so i just got this one I, I mean like if you have your heart set on a playstation literally you can go out right now and buy one for probably twice as much as it would cost on ebay if your heart was really set on it we already know that you, the people are buying these consoles because they want them not just because it's the only thing in the room mm-hmm. yeah no totally and i've seen some pretty disgusting um pricing with regards to again these consoles on whether it be Facebook Marketplace, Kijiji, 
eBay and so on. It just uh, some of the prices where you got like again these consoles are what five hundred dollars. I'm seeing them for like a thousand, a thousand one hundred. Just disgusting things. It's just it's not not fair at all. Uh, and let's see, oh, Crusader, I would love your uh, two cents on this. Uh, I mean, obviously we we got some numbers here that've been floating around. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah, I would love your input. What What do you think about this? I mean, obviously Aaron Greenberg chimed in and so on. What do you think? So we talked a lot here about the, um, the analytics of it. We talked a lot about like what the results of that are going to be. Um, let's talk about the how did they do this. Um, you brought up a good point, the chip priority. That is a thing that does happen in, in the um, uh, silicon industry. Uh, we know last year the telecommunication companies did it with um, new phones. Uh, I believe both Apple and uh, Samsung did it uh, to prioritize uh, their new lines of phones that were coming out. Um, so I have no doubt in my mind that that very well could have happened. Um uh, paying for priority for your company is is a big deal, especially when uh, when you think about Microsoft. Microsoft doesn't just uh, use the silicon for the consoles; they use the silicon for uh, their line of uh, laptops, the Surface line. They also uh, use the silicon for um, expanding and upgrading their own um, data centers, the Azure data centers. So I have no doubt in my mind that there absolutely could have been a, um, a uh, Microsoft could have paid for a timed silicon priority. Um, but the the real big winner of how Microsoft is able to do this is the Series S. The Series S uses significantly less silicon to produce a, a model than the Series X or the PS5 for that matter. Uh, it's very, it, it's not quite as little as, say, the Nintendo Switch, which has had almost no um, uh, issues with uh, keeping up stock. Um, but it, it, it does use significantly less. And that has, in many regions, allowed um, the Series S to really thrive. We know from, uh, I cannot think of his last name, Christopher over at the um, GameIndustry.biz. We know from his reporting that the Series S is actually a breakout success in Europe. Uh, it is Xbox number one um, uh, console over there. Uh, and he brought that up tangentially when he was talking about digital sales, that uh, Xbox's digital sales are so high, like even higher than ever right now, because the Series S is doing so well. A digital-only device. Um, and Microsoft had a winning strategy by having a budget digital-only device as well as an enthusiast's uh, disk drive device. Um, the, the, they had a winning uh, model there already, but when you combine that with an era of chip shortages, they're kind of just rolling in the money, right? They're, they're, they're rolling in it because they can get more product out to people that want it, right? And I think almost everyone on this panel wouldn't necessarily want a Series S as their primary device, right? I think most of us here are um, people who, with no budget, would 10 out of 10 times choose the Series X as their primary device. Now, you might get a Series S for another room in your house. That's another story. 
Um, we aren't the target audience of that Series S. The casual gamer is. The gamer that wants to play the Fortnite, that wants to play the Call of Duty, that wants to play Apex Legends and every other free-to-play game. Um, and the Series S is perfect for those people that really don't care about whether or not it's 4K. That really... If you told them the word frame rate, they would be confused, right? That's the majority of gamers. We don't really think about that because when we're playing games, we notice every little frame drop. We we notice when we're playing something in 4K or uh, something in 1080p or something in 720p. But we're not we're not the we're the enfranchised gamer, and the Series S is absolutely perfect for this time period and it is going to drive xbox to great things because if the xbox brand can get a strong foothold now they aren't going to let go because look at what is coming right we have so many great games coming it's going to start this fall with starfield then we're going to have things like avowed we're going to have things like perfect dark we're going to have all of the Call of Duties launching day one in Game Pass. It's going to continue to fuel that casual side of things, right? So when, when I look at these numbers, I'm not shocked. Well, I, I should say I'm not shocked at the numbers. I'm more shocked that Microsoft lucked themselves into this by having this super budget, super low silicon device, right? They, they it, it was, it, it couldn't have been more of like a, of a perfect storm for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Like prioritizing the Series S was definitely their call, and I'm glad that they did do it. I do want to say I think a lot. Obviously, people are buying Xbox because like there's obviously a demand for it. Yeah. I I also believe that there is a certain amount of being of poached customers as well. Like like you kind of said, Crusader. Like there's people that just casuals that just play the the multiplats, the third party games. If a dad or mom goes into a store because their kid wants to play uh, Warzone or Call of Duty or Apex Legends or you know, all, any of those popular third-party games, and there's no PS5s. Well, if they ask if the Xbox can play it, the, the clerk says yes, they'll get the Xbox. I definitely believe that there's a poached element in this conversation as well. And Xbox is really taking advantage of it, and as they should. So hopefully by the time all the supply constraints uh it all gets to normal. Xbox will have a really good foothold. And I think by by then they'll at least have North America like in their pocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think North America is uh, close to being uh, overtaken by them or in a real strong, solid position. Um, I, I just think it's more uh, of the word of mouth now. Um, you look at last generation. There were so many things that were. Uh, misnomers and stuff because of their mistakes like the DRM uh, you, you know they said you can't trade games that's still stuck with them um, the connect they're watching you all that bullshit the forced connect you know we have to have it on the system uh, the VCR size of the, the model the underpowered uh, nature of the console because of connect and or and or you know just 900p 720p Sony was hitting 1080p, uh you know last generation they learned from so many things and now, uh the other way around is is now they have something that Sony doesn't, or half ass has it the you know they don't have 
uh, Game Pass. They don't have a cloud solution like Xbox has where you can play games straight from the cloud. Uh, it's integrated. Most games you can play on the phone from Game Pass. Uh, so your games go all over. The value perspective is absolutely, you know, uh, a big driving factor. You know, there's so many advantages now that Xbox has over Sony that I think now the consumer is basically finding out and uh, the word of mouth is very good. And, you know, this has all been done without them really releasing uh, a big, you know, they released Halo, yes, and they and, and they released Forza Horizon, but, you know, uh, you know, and they and they definitely move the needle, but you know they haven't they haven't had a much of a launch and and it was it was a long time coming and now you know they're getting to a point where their big guns are all lined up from this you know holiday or the next couple of months on uh, for you know you know the un- unforeseeable future they should be set because just the sheer amount of uh, you know, the developers they have working for them and, you know, with Bethesda. And if they get the Activision deal, uh, you know, I, I really feel that's going to just put them over the top. So uh, with all this being said, to be in the position that they're in, I think that they're even uh, taken back. And, and that's why maybe they haven't talked so much is because they're saying, hey, look at this. Let's just, you know, really gear up and see uh you know uh where this goes and 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 again i like i said uh earlier about vg charts and everything uh aaron has the numbers he has the actual numbers they know what they sold there's no guesstimates there on their side so for them to be picking out tweets and 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 doing what they did was you know they just basically i think wanted to thank the fan base and just you know talk about their position where they're at right now without, you know, uh, the whole, you know, PR thing and uh, kind of an innocent way. And, and it was taken, you know, because Sony guys are very, you know, uh, you know, feisty at the moment and, you know, they're, they're looking to go crazy. They went crazy. Uh, but for just such a, such a small thing in the community, just to be said, to say, thank you. Um, it just, you know, like I said, it, it, they know their position and, you know, they're uh, in really good position. And really, you know, well, let's see what happens this holiday. If Starfield is supposed to be what it's supposed to be, uh, they're going to be in a really good position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, we'll just have to uh, wait and see as the, the weeks and the months go by. Xbox is in a really good position. As everyone on the panel has been saying, the series consoles have been doing very well. Uh, from the Series S to the X, uh, just blowing people's minds. And again, their ecosystem from Game Pass to cloud gaming, uh, really good initiatives. And I'm just, I'm, again, I'm really looking forward to see what the coming weeks have uh, for us. We haven't, actually, they've been a little quiet the past few weeks. And, uh, you know, I mean, we'll just have to wait and see. They'll probably be announcing something soon with regards to uh, shows, I would assume, soon. So, uh, guys, just, uh, you know, hang on for a little bit. We should be getting some more information, and there's a lot of good stuff coming. There's a lot of good stuff coming along the way. But, uh, you know what, guys? We will uh, move along here. 
gentlemen, and we need to talk about ads. And I mean, we see advertisements daily, we're bombarded by them, but we're fairly used to them, I would say, right? However, we may be seeing them in our games a little more often, or at least the, the free-to-play ones from the sounds of things. And according to Business Insider, Microsoft is developing an ad system for Xbox games that would allow more branded products and logos in games. Now, Centurion Pal, again, ads are nothing new in games, or just general prog product pla uh, placements in general, for that matter. But are they going to become more intrusive to our, like, little getaways in gaming? Like, what are your thoughts on all of this? I say the word intrusive is going to be measured on someone's opinion. I mean, there is definitely individuals out there that feel that ads have no place in gaming in any shape or form, but... I think it's just really interesting that, you know, in an industry that where it does cost a lot of money to produce a product, um, definitely it's very interesting that, you know, these, uh, these developers, you know, we make all these demands of these developers, but then we also make all the restrictions too. You got to give us this, 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 and this, and you can't do that, 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 and that. So it, it's very interesting when you look at it, because when you find out that, the ad system that at least Xbox is cooking up is towards free-to-play games, at least right now. Obviously, there's a debate in the fact that this could open Pandora's box into the future of just ads and games all over the place. But as of right now, they're just wanting to do this on free-to-play games, and they're wanting to do it on already existing structures that you would associate these ads with we're talking about like on a poster on the glass walking down the sidewalk in in a game like grand theft auto 5 but keep in mind this is a free-to-play game so grand theft auto would not apply to that i'm just using it as an example uh but yeah imagine being like in fortnite walking down looking for other players but there's a coca-cola ad on the glass or you could have a Coca-Cola ad up on the billboard up top. They're wanting to associate them with areas that ads should be. And this is how it works in the real world. Now, I liked one person on YouTube and how they described it as th this ad system could potentially also create a more immersive experience in a way because you're going to see products that you can relate to products that you actually may enjoy and pro and obviously there's a little bit more immersion in the fact that you know it's kind of like let's just use uh fallout for example they had a um a soda in there called sunset sarsaparilla now, obviously, that was a very creative way of creating a beverage, but imagine a, an individual just basically calling it Coca-Cola. Um, we saw this in Death Stranding with Monster, but we also saw it a long, long time ago, like on the Sega Dreamcast, and I think also on the PlayStation 2 with a game called Run Like Hell, where there was an energy drink called Balls. And the funny part is, you can still go find that energy drink today in some supermarkets and it always makes me chuckle and i guess there's that immersion factor because now i don't associate the i don't associate the product with the game i associate the game with the product anytime i see that product 
I instantly think of Run Like Hell, and I'm like, man, that'd be interesting if they made a remake or something nowadays. And it's one of those little things that, you know, an ad actually helped me remember a game. So I can't really feel that at least what they're wanting to do is fully intrusive, at least on the Xbox side. I'm not trying to pick on PlayStation, but when you read about what PlayStation wants to do, they actually want you to somehow stop and watch the ad and get rewarded. Like, I mean, there was like a little clip of a screen that showed like, you know, thanks for watching the ad. Please choose your reward. Now, obviously, it could have been an artist's mock-up. But yeah, that's where the ad system, at least on the PlayStation side, seems a little, I, I would have to say more like, you know, stop and watch this rather than it just being placed somewhere that is very commonplace. I don't know. We could, I could drone on all the time. Well, I mean, to be fair, I mean, we've seen stuff like that on the Xbox before. Let's say there's an advertisement. Uh, there's been a few ads for or trailers for movies or uh, different branded advertisements. And if you watch them or participate in them, you'll get uh, sometimes there was an avatar reward or uh, a themed background now, and so on. So, I mean, that's not too bad, in my opinion. Are we talking about like you being on the dashboard and you see this ad and you voluntarily get into this little this charade mm. or you're in the middle of playing Horizon Forbidden West and all of a sudden a, a a GoPro commercial because of the the extreme nature of playing Horizon Forbidden Rest, they want to do a GoPro commercial and to incentivize you to actually stop playing the game for 30, 45, 60 seconds and watch this ad, you're going to get an in-game item that would possibly give you like a better armor or, or a temporary buff to your character. I, I feel like at least that system could potentially be a little bit more intrusive because at that point it, it's like, Hey, stop what you're doing and watch this rather than you just already being on the dashboard and wanting to wanting to just stop and look at it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Oh yeah. Well, what I'm talking about speaking of goes back to again, the, uh, the Xbox dashboard, but uh, again, as far as like, I'm not a hundred percent sure how Sony wants to fit it in as you're suggesting but i mean some ways i mean for like to watch to earn for some ads doesn't seem entirely bad it just again it depends on how they do it like how intrusive it is like you were saying if it's just in your face then i mean i would be totally against that i think that's what pushed around when this first came out because it was microsoft you had all these people um you know uh photo editing uh, or editing um you know, uh, a gameplay of Halo cutting in with, like, uh, Burger King commercial and, you know, stopping the gameplay and completely invasive. Uh, that's not happening. Okay, let's just throw that out. They're not, mm -hmm. they're not mm -hmm. looking to be invasive. They're looking to be, in my opinion, and, and like I said, it was, it was a thing for a day because it was just Microsoft and then the following day, Sony... Uh, the report came that Sony's looking at the same thing, which, you know, big companies tend to look at the same things at the same time, um, and they're just looking to be creative in certain ways. Uh, everyone was shut down. The same, this, the same the cast of characters that were going crazy now all of a sudden uh, have amnesia and they're not talking about it. Um, so with that being said, the stupidity with that, uh, there is not going to be, in my opinion, my uh, opinion any kind of invasive uh you know ads uh there could be ads and free-to-play games 
Um, but I don't think anything would be invasive. I think, you know, you might see more of billboards in games. You know, I mean, there's advertisement in some NBA 2K games like the Sprite Dunk Cam. Stuff like that is not that bad if you can integrate it and actually make the game in a way like a sports game in a, in a realistic fashion. Uh, I don't think that that's a big deal. Um, but, you know, uh, I think that it's even said with the report, they're looking for ways to, you know, ma make it additive or, you know, something to the side where, you know, they know that they cannot be invasive. They know what they're dealing with. So, you know, if you think your game's going to be stopped and you're going to be watching ads, uh, I got something else coming for you. That's not going to happen. It's just going to be uh, probably new ways, creative ways to get advertisement involved and um, and or not really add to – it's possibly add to the experience uh, in a certain kind of way. I mean, like I said, if I was in Cyberpunk 20, 2077 and I walked around and I saw real ads – in the hallways of the the, the 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 complexes that I go through and stuff like that, is that going to bother me? No, I would think it's pretty cool to be honest. So, um, you know, certain stuff like that, it, it's it's it could actually be kind of cool. But uh, I just want you know, I want people to know that you know, there, there's no way that they're going to be uh, pushing this on onto the gamer uh, in a way that's going to piss them off. You know, you're paying for a game. Either way, you're not, you know, they're not looking to to stop your experience of playing that game too. You know, they're not trying to replicate, uh, uh, you know, television, you know, uh, the way they used to have commercials and stuff or radio. That's not happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, you make a good point there, Tim, because they did, well, the article did suggest that Microsoft, they are definitely aware and they want to mitigate you know, they don't want to annoy gamers, right? They don't want to piss anybody off by having in-face ads in your face. So, you know, they, they just, they want to, they don't want to alter the experiences in their games. They want to just, you know, again, have some stuff maybe in the background or just, again, not very invasive as a lot of people are saying. But I mean, again, for me, I don't mind, I think, a lot of games that we've had, there's been a lot of different kinds of ads. Uh, somebody was saying about, I think it was Centurion, about Fallout. I mean, Fallout has their own in-world ads and so on. I used to love that because, again, you got a sense for the world, right? I used to love those kinds of things. Um, in other games, okay, there's more real-world stuff. I remember, what was it, in Homefront, they had a bunch of different ads and so on. Like, real real-world ads going on in there. And yeah, there's there's many other examples out there. But for me, I if I wouldn't mind, uh, you know, if I had to watch something or look at something, you know, if I could earn something from watching it, whether it be a cosmetic item, a skin, or even uh, an in-game currency, right? I mean, if you're playing Fortnite and you can earn some in-game V-Bucks, why not, right? Uh, but I'm sure other people on the panel here have an opinion. Uh, General MLD, but I'll go to you. I'll pick your brain. Uh, what are your thoughts on all this? Well, I think everyone's first reaction to ads in games is obviously a negative one. Uh, the mobs are quick to you know, get out, get out the pitchforks, and just uh, try and just you know get rid of it all together. I you know I do think free, free to play games there are a place for ads. 
and the uh, the good the sweet spot is doing it in a way that is not intrusive and i hope xbox they got people like you know they got people that are in charge of this kind of stuff and they see like what works they do focus testing see what constitutes an intrusive ad or what's non-intrusive i think in the end it'll work itself out in the end like it'll be things like billboards and racing games like things that just i guess feel natural things that you because you know and we see ads all the time in the real world while driving our cars or, or whatever if they do it so that it, it kind of seems like that i think it would be okay but obviously if this goes into like beyond free to play then then that, all the outrage would, would be justified Again, I just feel like people are making a lot out of this. We don't really know anything yet. It'll be a while before we see anything materialized from this initiative. But I feel like they might make a mistake or two in terms of how they implement it. But as so long as they can read the room, people online, they complain, they criticize in a constructive way. They're going to adjust it, uh, you know, adjust what they do and how they do approach things in the future. And yeah, it'll work itself out. I'm not worried about this. All right, all right. It's, no, I, I like your points there. Uh, very concise. All right. Uh, how about you, Eric? Uh, shock. Like, um, again, we're getting some different viewpoints on, again, the free-to-play ads here. Microsoft uh, doesn't seem to, like, they're aware of, you know, they don't want to be too intrusive. Uh, they don't want to get in the way of a gamer's experience. Uh, how are you reading this? Uh, what do you think of uh, possibly seeing, uh, like, again, more ads pop up in, like, free-to-play titles? Yeah, I don't think it's too much of a big deal, for, uh, especially for like free-to-play titles, because um, they haven't, and that's all they left it at. Now I know everybody's saying like, well, if it works in free-to-play titles, then they're going to put it in paid. Probably not going to cross that unless it's like very just minor, kind of like how in Death Stranding you had Monster Energy Drink, although that felt completely out of place in a <laughs> dystopian, you know, somewhat post-apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic. I came and talk today. Apocalyptic <laughs> world where you have monsters still getting every you know good supply everywhere. Um, but they got that on lockdown. Um but yeah, I mean outside of just like small product placement, I could see that. Um, I don't think you're gonna see it where it's like you're watching Hulu and it's like, okay, now it's time for a commercial when I'm watching Snowfall. And <laughs> so I d I don't think you're gonna get any because otherwise people would just like tune out. I can see that with mobile. Um especially like free to play games like if King wanted to do that that maybe that makes sense in a mobile cuz you already have those ads with mobile but people they're 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 kind of groomed to that they're like they're used to that hey i'm just going to like use play this free to play game or farmville or whatever the hell candy crush i'm not going to pay anything or maybe i will pay some but i'll I'll mine the ads and i'll spend my money on currency or some it's is completely different type of gamer, so they're gonna have to like gauge what people are gonna actually put up with. So I I wouldn't really even worry about it in that sense because the gamer's gonna tell you like they're gonna tell you straight up like, yeah, I'm not messing with that, and they'll they'll be vocal about it, and then they'll switch and just switch to a game that's not doing it, and then that maker will be like, oh yeah, cool, we can't do that here, <laughs> like we can on mobile. So like, there's too many other free-to-play games that aren't doing, would probably not like not being doing ads, at, you know, when the initial first whoever does it first, you know, puts like some five-second ad you gotta watch or something, 
there would be some so much pushback and people would just like completely just drop the game i feel there'd be enough of a pushback for stuff like that so i think it's going to be you know pretty minor and i definitely wouldn't see it ever happening to like paid games other than like what they already do now with like how death stranding you know decide they could have didn't have to put monster energy drink they could have just said hey this is like a thing that they could have written something in the story they didn't have to put some and it was like up at the camera too so you like you knew that was some product placement that wasn't just like okay cool kojima can be weird with how he like write certain stories but i'm like come on <laughs> like now i'm just staring at monster energy drink and that's all i'm not even thinking about the story i'm like why is there like this giant monster energy drink can in front of the camera and it just kind of takes you out of the game so I don't. I, I wouldn't see it in like paid games, other than like just the minor stuff. But mm-hmm. we'll see. Well, I have a feeling that Kojima's listening to us right now, sipping on a Monster Energy drink, and he's not too Probably. happy about your comment. I'm sure they. <laughs> <laughs> it was just weird. Like everybody was just like, "That's kind of weird." Just like, I'm just staring at this. See, that's when you kind of do it not so great when it's like when it's subtle. In the background, there's a Coke can in the background. Cool, but it's like, hey, I'm downing 12 Monster Energy drinks with Norman Reedus. <laughs> it's just... Um, to help back know. him up on that, let, let's let's get into the realm of movies. We're, we're familiar with product placement always being used in movies, whether it's billboards, the cars they drive. We see this stuff in movies all the time. As long as it's done well, it works great. But let's think back to, uh, was it Wesley Snipes, Sylvester Stallone, Demolition Man? Oh, yeah. And how Taco Bell was literally the only restaurant left in the world. (laughs) If you watched that that movie in other countries, it was Pizza Hut. Oh, I see. That's exactly what I'm talking about. It's just totally off random. Why is this here? (laughs) Damn. I didn't even know about the uh, the change in product. Interesting change in restaurants. Um, yeah, Crusader, I would love to hear your uh, response to all this because, again, we're all used to ads, right? Again, they're they've been a part of gaming for well a, a pretty long time. I don't they're not going anywhere anytime soon. But uh, what do you think about them? Uh, again, like these publishers like Xbox, like uh, PlayStation, uh, just. Again, they they seem to be putting more systems in place for these ads and free to play titles on their systems. What, uh, what what's your thoughts on this? Well, there's two types of ads that we haven't brought up that I am very apprehensive of them adding, and one is the banner ad, where you have a little banner at the bottom of your screen that has a little picture on it. People on YouTube, I'm I'm sure like everyone knows about that with the YouTube, right? Like the little the little banners you get at like the bottom of the uh um Okay, I don't know what I would how I would feel if something rolled out from the bottom of the screen. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like that is a possibility. It 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 would not technically interrupt gameplay, right? Um it it realistically would. Uh because you have a little moving thing on the bottom of the screen. I don't know, during a clutch moment of Call of Duty, something like that would throw Um, someone off quick. So I'm apprehensive of that. Uh, but the other way that they could do it semi-non-intrusively is during loading screens. When the game has to load from one thing to another. I don't really care, you know? 
I think in Fortnite it would actually work pretty well. Like if they've got like a new character from a movie, like they got John Wick for like, because John Wick Four is being filmed right now, you know, right? And like John, uh, a new John Wick model is coming to the game, and they have an ad for like the John Wick movie in a loading screen while you're, you know, you know what I mean? That's a little less. That that almost fits if that makes sense, because mm -hmm. like they get the character for the game and they advertise the the movie. So like, you know. That can work. Uh, it really will depend on the game, though, because, like, I don't see a way in hell that, like, Halo being a free-to-play game, I don't see how you could put this in there without it being obtrusive. Does that make sense? Like, th there, there's still free-to-play games where this doesn't make sense at all, and I just, I hope that companies recognize where it will work and where it won't work. Like, heck... We're, we're talking about like racing games where like they could put stuff on the billboards that could fit into a freaking paid Forza for all I care. Like it would honestly, like those games are already ads for all the cars, you know, mm -hmm. like that. So that doesn't bother me there. So, it just honestly adds to the realism. Of so it, can of I what throw something at you real quick, Crusader? Yeah. Imagine a loading screen for Halo Infinite going into the multiplayer match and a advertisement for like a an off-road vehicle like a quad or something comes up just because there's one in the game maybe i don't know i still feel like i'd be like i, I just want to talk to i just want to talk to them I just want to talk to them right that would be so i'd be so annoyed honestly with, with with anything in like halo or even like apex legends Right, Fortnite can get away with basically anything because look at what that game is. They have concerts for you know yeah, actual. Right. They show movies and the like. That game already is a giant ad, and no one cares because it's kind of exciting, you know. Like I, I could be Rick Sanchez, you guys. One of you could be Kratos. One of you could be Master Chief, and like someone could be a character from Naruto, and like that's the game. And like so, with a game like Fortnite, I, I almost kind of want this. But a game like Halo, I am like very against it you know so i i think it's going to be a very and it, they said they're designing a framework so ultimately it's up to any developer to implement said framework right very similar to um like uh smart delivery being a framework for the system right where like it's up to developers to implement it and how they implement it and what what portions of smart delivery do they use are they making it smaller on the series s are they um you know are, are they uh um, making it so like you only have to install a portion of the game, like they did with the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Um, so it, it's all it's all going to come down to what the companies will do with it. Um, and I I just hope that companies are smart about how they implement this, because like like I said. Epic Games could implement basically every freaking ad they want to, and I don't think it would feel out of place in the slightest. Mm. And I, I think uh, you said it earlier, Invader, if there was a reward system for it, then my brain also kind of turns in a different direction. You know? Mm -hmm. if, if, I, if there is a, like, a button in the menu where it's like, watch this, where it's, it doesn't actually have the ad, it just says, watch an ad, one ad today, and yet 2,000 credits in... or 200 credits in Halo? Well, maybe I'll do it, you know? Because I'm actually getting rewarded for it, and it's not actually there until I make it there. Does that make sense? 
Mm -hmm. Well, again, you're so, being incentivized, right? So yes. it's not as bad. It's like, well, you know, I'm choosing to watch this. And if I watch it all the way through, I do get something. So it might be in my my best interest, too. But again, I'm the one making that decision in the end. So Yeah, and Microsoft Rewards already does this. You know, like when you f do those polls or you um, like if you're doing the Bing Rewards and they want you to go like... um do all those like different like questionnaires and stuff like that that that's a form of both advertising and market research at the same time for those things you know so but again all of microsoft rewards is completely optional you don't have to engage with it the ads aren't in your face until i click the button for ads you know um because like if you use the rewards dashboard they'll say like check out this featured game and get five reward reward points and it takes you to the store page for the game that that's an ad you know, but I get rewarded for it. So if they made this system entirely optional where there's like a button in the game where I can click to engage with an ad and I got Microsoft rewards points out of it, heck, I'd probably be there all day, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, I, again, I, I'm interested in like play to earn aspects of like gaming and whatnot and even ads again, if they do it well, if they do it well. Um, that being said, I, I agree in the chat too, that you know, I don't want these companies to go too, too far. And I, you know, we, if they do, please, you know, make your voices heard and push back and so on. Because again, we don't want our games to be again, filled with these kinds of things. Well, unless of course it's a racing game, of course, cause that's just how it goes. <laughs> but, uh, Again, guys, actually a lot of really good opinions on this topic. Uh, interesting stuff going on in the chat. Either way, I mean, it's going to be interesting uh, for the next year or so to see where they take this. But, um, yeah, I mean, hopefully, you know, there's a lot of good incentives for us in any case. But, uh, you know what, let's go on to uh, some other things, some uh, spicier things, if you will. And 343 Industries has finally released a roadmap for Seasons 2 and 3 for Halo Infinite's live service multiplayer. There's some good things in here, but many are noticing that it's spread over another six-month-long season. I know many on the show want to comment on this, but I will lead off with Crusader here since, well, I know you've got a lot to say on this, and uh, I definitely don't want to stop you. Uh, yeah, so uh, what do you think of uh, this roadmap by uh, 343? So, my friend Dotsaris is the one who brought this roadmap to my attention, and when he showed it to me and I read it, I just made an exasperated sigh and walked up and left our Discord call for 10 minutes and just went upstairs to do anything else. I was beyond frustrated with 343 right now. Ooh. It is... It, it looks like within the first year of the multiplayer being out, we are only going to get two new maps. Put that in perspective, Halo 3 in 2007 had six new maps, not including any made in Forge that were added to the multiplayer, something that is still missing. If we look at Forge and we look at the co-op, right, they've been delayed from launch about nine months that is overall a 21-month delay for those features. Because remember, the game was supposed to come out in 2020. So what is going on? And how are they going to have another six-month season with 
it does not sound like a whole lot of content. Um, they 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 talked about those um, the the story things for the Halo multiplayer, and that sounds neat. But Jez Corden on Twitter, you know, like I, I think he was responding to either Destin Legary or Paul Tazzy, and they were saying, well, at least there's one shred of hope with this that this could be cool, and. Jez quote tweeted them and said it, 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 um, narrator quote, it won't be right. So I'm a little apprehensive about that. If it's just like a, a cutscene or something, I'm going to be really disappointed. And I mean, we still have a significant number of or at least one major game mode that is not listed and still missing from the game that should have been in the game at launch and that is infection one of the community's fan favorite modes where is infection <laughs> I, I i i am i, I figured they were going to hold it until forge because that makes sense but you can't hold infection for nine months past the release that's ludicrous and it's not listed on that roadmap but forge is tentatively so mm -hmm. i'm just kind of beyond a a exasperated with with 343 over this they it, it feels like not only do they not know how to run a live service but they're literally running the game worse than past halo games specifically ones that they ran right Halo 4 had more content post-launch as a not-service game, as a, like, once we're done with our planned content, this is done. Uh, Halo 5 had more content in the first year. Now, it had Forge delayed, but at least Forge came out, and when it did came out, it also hit PC, and it was fantastic, and it only took two months. You know, we weren't waiting nine months for it. Because... Uh, most of my complaints would probably be gone with the game right now if Forge would come out. Because we as the community could make our own content, right? We we could make new maps. The 343 and Bungie had a rich history of working with uh, the, the Forge community to implement community-made maps into uh, the multiplayer playlists. You go play MCC right now, and half of Halo Reach's maps are all community-driven Forge-created maps. Because that's the one thing that Halo uniquely had over every other FPS on the market was the fans can make our own maps easily in-game. Anyone can do it. You don't you don't need to use any kind of like scripting languages or stuff like that now. With Halo 5, you can, and you could make a things like insane. But to make a, a simple arena map or big team battle map, you could just make them and forge and you know fans want a popular map to come back like you want sand trap to come back from halo 3 or you want the pit or the pit to come back from halo 3 we can make them and th there is no content crisis it, custom games can thrive and you can have all the weird things like speed halo and um uh like old kids, uh, old people on scooters, if you ever played that in Halo 3, or Ghostbusters, or Paintball, or Husky Raid, or any of these, like, fu uh, fun custom games that the, the community plays. But we can't do that right now, because we can't create custom maps. And it's it's baffling to me how they're handling this game. Baffling. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, that's a. Uh, I think that's being fair. Um, however, I mean, let's see what we do have here. What are they giving us in season two, for example? Uh, modes wise, we got King of the Hill, Land Grab, and Last Spartan Standing. We are also getting narrative events, uh, both in early May and late July, which. I mean, those sound interesting, but I just get the feeling that they're more timed events from the looks of it. So th those are, again, those won't be uh, staying around for too long. Uh, another 100 tier battle pass. Uh, they commented on co-op network, uh, oh, sorry, campaign network co-op. That is coming, well, tentatively uh, a late August target. August. Uh, campaign mission replay as well uh, a late august kind of a target which i think that's what i'm just most baffled by the most is that campaign replay is still a thing yeah. that you know is you know it, it, it's not like when we're complaining about campaign mission replay or co-op being missing or forged these are core things to the halo experience it's not like we're like you can take the the, the maps and, and put that aside right like that that's extra post launch content you know but these are core features that should have launched with the game or at least have come out within a few months like halo 5 i accepted that they needed a few more months and then the forge was incredible when it when it dropped right but th this is borderline insanity the waiting I, I will. I do want to say something positive because I, I don't want to just be Yelly McYell angry at three four three. The the last Spartan standing like mini battle royale, like the twelve player free for all battle royale thing, that does look fun, and I'll, I I will mm -hmm. give them that. That that looks like it's gonna be wild to play, and it is a new unique experience to Halo. That's awesome, but like it does that being awesome does not um uh remove the the things that are making me feel upset at them right now right mm -hmm. yeah i mean to be fair as some people are commenting in the chat i mean this is a different halo game overall i mean open world and i mean 343 have had to deal with you know, again, the the current global thing going on, as have many other studios. So there have been a lot of issues that have, again, plagued them. Or, you know, there have been unexpected things um, that have to be taken into consideration and give them a, a bit of leeway, let's say, with some things, right? Um, but I, I do I... agree. I do agree, though, that, I mean, there are some things that will kind of make your head spin in some ways. My statement with COVID delays has always been this. COVID delays or COVID-19 is a reason to delay games. It is not a reason to release an unfinished game. Right? And if the, if these contents were, if this content that they are behind on was so not ready that it is going to take nine months minimum post-launch to come out, maybe the game itself should have been delayed. And I was not in that camp last November, right? I, I was clearly not in that camp. I, I wanted them to put the, the campaign out and put the multiplayer out. But maybe they should have just delayed the game another six months. Uh, at, at this point, I, I think that the overall frustration of the fan base and the overall ill will that they've gotten would have been significantly less in the long run. 
Like, again, we can have a healthy conversation about this. As I'm seeing in the chat, too, there's a lot of passionate people there. And I and I understand all the comments uh, uh, being made. Um, how about other people on the panel? Uh, let's see. Shock Buddy, I mean, I would love to hear your stance on this. What do you think of uh, 343's roadmap here with regards to... Uh, season two of Halo Infinite and season three. Uh, do you like uh, w what they have planned out for us, or or are you underwhelmed? Um, I mean, I'm not so down on it. Um, but I mean, I use it kind of like I come back to other games, kind of like when I was playing like Destiny. There are so many stretches where there would just be not much content, or you paid or like destiny 2 a lot of us paid for like the legendary edition and after that first raid when we thought oh cool they're gonna give those two other expansions that come after it and it's gonna be like hey when they give us those big expansions like with proda and all no we didn't we didn't get new raids we just got some story content that was like yeah okay right sure i, I paid all that money raids. but I didn't really get Eater much worlds after and it. Fire Stars. <laughs> no, what? go ahead. There were two raids with the Destiny 2 launch, with the two additional ones. There were three in the first year, total. Spire of Stars and uh, Eater of Worlds. Eater of Worlds came out with Curse of Osiris and Spire of Stars with uh, Warmind. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, when I jump back, they, that's the pro that's uh, Destiny's also other problems. Destiny's all, yeah, yeah. When I came back to it, we were doing the Osiris thing. We were going through the missions, and then we were just like, okay, what do we do now? And there wasn't at least a raid ready when I was jumping into it, or at least I didn't have one there to jump into like I did uh, Destiny 2, because we ran through that full first raid. But um, And they're just like, and that's the thing. No one does this well, even what people are saying, well, Destiny's like the only one that can do a 10-year plan. I'm like... Not really. They've lost so many yeah. hardcore Destiny players that like stuck with them all the way through Destiny 1, the, the entire thing, jumped over to Destiny 2, it's going to be different. Oh, you took away our whole reason to even grind for weapons? Because they're all the same? Why would you take that away? That just defeats the whole purpose of a looter shooter. Imagine you buy Diablo, the next one, and all the weapons are the same. What? That makes no sense. Um, but it, like, so just getting back to the Halo, it, it could be a lot better. I think the problem is they're just trying to work out how co-op can work in an open world game. Maybe they should have like delayed into, you know, infinity until they could figure that out. I'm thinking since they didn't have much, they just got a lot of these studios and a lot of them weren't ready because they didn't have them before 2018. So they don't really have much to go on. So unfortunately, delaying it probably wasn't going to happen another year. Um, so unfortunately, this is what we got. But given that, you know, you have Halo, the single player, that part was ready. I know people keep going back to saying, oh, no, they cut out two thirds of the game. They did that for Halo 2 as well. So that doesn't mean all that was going to hit the release. <laughs> so just because they cut out two thirds, maybe they were thinking, hey, this is an open-world game, we're going to put this, this, and this, so I had to scale it back. Well, that's just a natural This part. is a much bigger freaking yeah. game. That's just a natural um, part of development, though. You, you know, Bungie had to cut yeah. tons of content. But people keep going back to that, saying, yeah, it's missing two-thirds of the game. I'm like, no, it's not quite 
it. Yeah, Plus, the game world is way bigger than any other Halo period. <laughs> it's not even debatable. Um, as far as just like the, the world and everything they would have had to put into it to make that two-thirds bigger or two-thirds more content, that would have been a shit ton of content. Um, but unfortunately, this is where they are, where they have to make both camps happy. They have to get that co-op working the way it should, but also scale it to, hey, it has to also work in this open world setting. I think that's obviously still an issue, as we heard you know, from devs leaking information of like, hey, this is what they're trying to do, but you know, maybe this person's getting pulled over here and you don't want people just to make it too easy or then now pe this person's getting, you know, respond into this area and you don't want them to just walk away like you can do in Destiny. Hey, I'm just gonna, you know, walk this way and I can get away and I just keep running until I get out of, you know, trouble. And then, but there are some areas where they lock you in a room so you can't get out, but um, it, so I think that that co-op whole beast is, that's what's kind of, that's why we're the, probably why they didn't have a ton of new maps because they're trying to figure all that shit out. Um, and so, and then they're battling, trying to perfect this forge. Um, cause apparently from what we're hearing forge, this, this new forge editor is supposed to be like freaking next level, way more vast than any other forge they ever created. So mm -hmm. hopefully that's true. But you know, if all these things are true and they're having trouble, like nailing some of this, I get why people are like, Hey, they have 500, you know, employees, why they only got two maps. I'm like, well, they're trying to put out content while also listening to the community every week of like, oh, this problem, cool, I got to fix this. Okay, we're still trying to figure out Forge and co-op and nail these to perfection. So hopefully those don't come out buggy and a mess because if that happens, then go at it. <laughs> but, you know, hopefully that they're just trying to perfect those to like, hey, these got to be, nail it the second they go out. So we can't just be like hey, trying to fix this for six months you know, on top of, hey, we got to balance this new mode that we put in, you know, that they're going to have every time they put in a new mode or new or created just a new one, like this Battle Royale type mode, last mm -hmm. part in standing. So, mm -hmm. I mean, just have other stuff to play. Unfortunately, that's how it is most of the time with these types of games. Now, this should have way more content. And hopefully this is the last one where, you know, last six months season because they said the first one was only supposed to be it was only for six months for that first season that, that at least that's what they said so mm -hmm. hopefully this is the last one <laughs> and once they get co-op and forge out of the way then hopefully that's going to allow them to put out more content regularly and hopefully they do release more content more than what they've announced you know from here to november hopefully so mm -hmm. we'll see correct uh, Tim, I mean, I, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Like, uh, you know, 343, uh, obviously, it's good that they came out with this roadmap, but, uh, you know, what do you think about this? Um, do you think that they're, like, struggle, struggling with the, the live service format, or, you know, are they just doing the best they, t they can with, um, you know, the conditions that, that we've been in for the past little while? Mm. All right, Tim. There you're on mute. Mm. Timmy might be on mute or might not be here. Hmm. All right, then I'll pass this over to MLD. 
uh mld pal i mean same question really like what are your thoughts on this um like do you think that they're just not well adjusted for this oh yeah we can hear you now oh sorry tim go ahead i'll yeah so yeah i was listening to the whole thing that i heard what shock said and crusader said uh yeah listen i've heard a lot of rumors um there's a lot of stuff going on why the slow drip is so slow and can they do live service now i do know a couple of things when they hit the milestone of releasing the game they basically had a ton of contractors that were let go or got off the project and then the remaining people that they had were exhausted because they had a crunch and uh, they needed time off to you know recharge uh, that was the original delay, and that's why it took so long to get to Season 2. Now, um, obviously, I think that they foresee some technical uh, issues and some technical hurdles with the co-op. That's why that's going to take some time. And I think what they're doing with this six months, in my opinion, is kind of setting themselves up for Season 3 to kind of open the faucet up at that point. And that's what we can hope for. Um, uh, I do believe that they went through a lot of development hell. I do believe there is problems. I do believe, um, you know, uh, the community has a right to be critical. And they, uh, you know, they have uh, a lot of things going on right now that has people pissed off. Um, the lack of modes, uh, you know, there's, there's, I think, three coming and two maps, one of them being a big team battle. Uh, as uh, Crusader said, I believe it was 60 for Halo 3. So, yeah, they're behind the eight ball right now, and I do think that the, the biggest thing that they need is time. Um, but when you're talking about a live service action game, uh, like they have a first-person shooter, uh, time is of the essence, and also time is critical to your player base, because if you get bored and you leave the game, that kills the game. Now, do I think that Halo is in a bad spot right now? Yes. Do I think that Halo, if it has a, a, a can redeem himself with a, a bolsterous forge and a battle royale mode in Season 3, and... Um, you know, uh, the content that, that, that the community wants. Because the one thing they do have is the gameplay is awesome. Uh, the, the people are happy with a lot of things with the game. They're just not happy with the lack of content. Um, but I think that Microsoft and, and Bungie is gearing up to, you know, uh, fulfill that, uh, you know, that promise. But, you know, they're about six months behind and they... You know, they still even haven't talked about ray tracing, which is kind of, you know, alarming to me. So, yeah, people have the right to be mad, but I think you also have to look at this on two sides. They, you know, had that reveal, and the focus was on the campaign, and the focus was getting the graphics better, and the focus was getting a game that people would like, and getting it within the 2022, 2021 calendar. And they achieved that, and it was pretty impressive that they achieved it. We've talked about it. It got an 87 Metacritic. Everyone loved the multiplayer at the time. Now it's become dry, and now we're in a predicament where it doesn't have enough content. I think maybe uh, the six months could save them. 
uh, the time or give them the time to really start to pump out the content, like I reiterated before. But, uh, you know, if they don't, you have to, you know, look at management. You have to look at, uh, you know, why they have so much issues and reevaluate and or, you know, take action. I don't think it's going to get to that point. I think that uh, by season three, if they if they produce what they're saying or what's rumored, the 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 certain affinity battle royale mode, forge, and all the things they have planned, I think that people will flock to this game again. And the one thing that it has is it's not a, a new IP or something that people will just leave and forget about. It is Halo. So as much as we you know like to joke about it. You know the same people that are that are vowing that they'll never play this game and they're done with it. That's all bullshit because they'll be the first ones on season three, season two, day one, making videos, content until it dries out. So uh, the one thing it has going for them is the name recognition and and people know what Halo is and it's still a huge franchise. Uh, but they they definitely got to get this straightened out. You have a lot of diehards, people who play every day like Crusader that are, you know, really upset. And um, I think that they hear you, uh, and to be honest, but I don't know if they have a solution just right yet. I, I think time is the remedy. And uh, if that they get that time and they still don't produce, then you really got to start to say, you know, uh, or look in the mirror and, you know, changes might have to be made. Um, but my opinion, uh, you know, people are going to like this. I said, wait till season three and see where they're at by then. You know, I don't, you know, I do believe that Joe Staten has talked about the health of the studio, the health of the workers, and I think that he's being genuine when he talks about that because they've heard things, um, you know. So, you know, they also can't, you know, run themselves ragged either. And and, and, and as much as the community wants the, the, the content, you have to do it in a healthy way. So, uh, you know, at this point, uh, it's it's a, you know, kind of a mess and you know they it's a as somebody on a podcast i was on yesterday ptk plams it's a missed opportunity because they really had people engaged they just didn't have the content uh tim i do have a question for you uh it's probably one that you might not be able to answer tonight uh but something since you you know people that you could maybe find out do you know if 343 still has the general Microsoft hiring policy where contractors can only be um, employed for 12 months? I think probably yes. Okay. Um, I think the reason why, and, and like I said, we're talking about this on, on another podcast, the reason why they didn't hire permanent uh, people is because the size of the studio. The studio is now 500, 600 big. I don't think that they want a, 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 a thousand, you know, a thousand dev studio when their game's already out and now the game, play, they don't need that. They don't, they don't want to, they, they didn't, that's why they took the contract and they don't want a, an 800 man studio for a game that, you know, now is going to be just, you know, added on ca campaign DLC, whatever you want to call it an upkeep of this. Now, when I say 500, uh, employees, you know, devs, that's not the, the, it's specific. And I'm, we've talked about the specific things specific devs do. And, you know, 
not all the team can do multiplayer. I heard that there could be engine issues and stuff like that. So it's a select group and or certain type of developer that they need that, you know, they might have lost through contracting, but they, they kind of didn't want to uh, grow to be, you know, overstaffed in a way where they have too many people and not not enough people working and, and most of the work is in a specialized uh, you know, form or whether it's a gameplay or whatever or the engine. Right, right. All different type of things. So, so I think that's the answer to the question is yeah, yeah, that they probably still have those things implemented. So most studios have that same rule where it's 12 months, but Microsoft is unique in this in that you cannot be rehired as a contractor after your 12 month terms expires for at a minimum of a year. So it, once your 12 months is up, you actually cannot have your term extended. That's a like Microsoft wide company policy that um, most of Xbox's studios don't adhere to. They're exempt from it. It was 343 and I believe the coalition um, because they were like the old school, like and maybe rare too, because they're the old school Microsoft studios back when um, uh, they were under the Windows division that have those rules in place. Because I know like Bethesda doesn't have those rules in place. The the 2017 studios and onwards, those acquisition studios don't have those rules in place. Because like I, I I know those rules are one of the things that's hurting them the most is that the contractors that would actually want to stay and sign on another. Co like contract term cannot extend their contracts, or at least they couldn't. And that, that I, I just wasn't sure if they had uh, uh, lifted that or not. So. Hmm. No, that's actually, uh, yeah, because there has been a lot of issues with the contract workers and whatnot, because uh, a lot of people yeah, are coming I, and going. I think it's part of the problem. Like, uh, again, I don't really know if they're going to come, come, come clean with this, but obviously they've they've you know the development hell has followed them to to this portion and uh it's been a struggle and a hundred percent missed opportunity at this point well i guess we'll see i mean i'm sure when season two first hits that the numbers will go up and and people will be happy for a short amount of time it's just that when you're dealing with six months on a live service uh you know model you know, people are going to go crazy because they're used to much more content on, uh, you know, other games that are the same gen genre. But, yeah, I do think that that's a valid question and and or maybe one of the reasons why they're running into this problem, uh, if they do keep something like that to prohibit them. But, um, uh, yeah, I guess we got to see where they go. I do think, though, that Halo, and I've heard Halo has, uh, you know, it has a real big roadmap. People hear that right now because we get such amount of stuff, little amount of stuff in six months, but it's still. Um, you're cutting in and out, Tim. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're cutting in and out. No, I just said uh, it's probably like I said. I don't know how to get out of it, but there's supposedly a big roadmap, and you know, there's still a priority. It's just that they've run into issues. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yeah. No. And I mean, they do have a lot of good stuff on on this uh, roadmap. It's just a matter of uh, timing, I guess. Uh, 
MLD, pal, uh, I know you've been waiting to chime in here. Uh, you're a Halo fan, much like everybody else on the panel. I'm a huge Halo fan, of course. But um, what do you think of 343's roadmap? Do you agree with what Crusader uh, and the rest of the panel are saying so far? Like, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I, I gotta say, I'm I'm very just confused more than more than anything because these these guys these guys, this is a very large studio, hundreds of employees. And I mean, I knew like based on their history that they're just bad on time management. Like it took years for MCC to get to where it is today. Halo 5 took a couple years to really find its uh, footing content wise. I mean, but I thought like, I don't know, two maps only for six months period. Like I, 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 you should have more. Like there's just no two ways around it. Like I feel like if you had just more maps, at least three, like maybe three to five, three to six, I don't know more than two i think there's just yeah there's no excuse why there's just only two maps one arena one big team battle i think that's the biggest thing all the other stuff it, it's all quality of life improvements more playlists is great um the quality quality of life stuff like the uh the campaign level uh design uh we're finally gonna get campaign co-op in august which i'm still kind of again confused as to how it took him that long we're getting Forge, but only as a beta. But at least we're going to get in some regard, because I think that in itself will play a big role in uh, building up the PC community. I feel like yeah, they're, they're, they're going to go nuts for that, that uh, stuff. Mm -hmm. I hope Forge can leave its beta mode sometime this year, hopefully, when Season 3 starts. That would be a big thing if Forge was ready, like fully ready uh, for, for the holiday period. But um, yeah, just... Uh, I, I get it. They don't want, 343 doesn't want to be burnt out either. They know that they're behind, but they don't want to burn themselves out either. Like, I'm not going to advocate for crunch. That's not, you know, I just feel like whatever, they got a lot of employees. I feel like they should, you know, maybe just devote more resources to the short term. Because I know, I know they're also working on story DLC. Maybe some are even designing an, another Halo game. We heard rumors about that a while ago. But I just feel like, they gotta prioritize um, Infinite right now and, and the short-term roadmap, and maybe leave uh, the other things that are more long-term, like uh, on the back burner for now, and just get people like excited to come back to Halo. Because right now, um, I, I, I've I've stopped playing Halo for now a few months now. I'm just taking a break. Like I feel like I'll come back when there's uh, enough content that'll get me satisfied. Because right now I'm just playing my backlog, playing other games. I'm just waiting for Halo to, to really hit hit its stride again. Uh, after its launch personally i'm waiting for firefight i love firefight <laughs> i would love for infant to get firefight sometime this year although i do doubt it so that's what will, that will personally would get me playing again also more arena maps i'm all about the arena games so that was good when they got when they put slayer in um uh, after its launch but we, again we just need more maps because all of a sudden when the more you play, the more the maps just blur together. It's the same maps over and over again. I think that's the biggest thing. They just they need they need to improve their output, or at least prioritize uh, more maps in the short term. I think that would be the the best way to uh, to calm down all the uh, all the criticism. It's just more maps. That's all, that's really all people want in the end of the day to play a playlist and not have to play the same maps uh, every every two matches. You know, so I hope they work it out. I don't stay in there. He'll, he'll write the ship in the, in the proper direction, mm -hmm. and it's going to take time for that to happen. So at least I, I feel like in the future, things will be better. They'll be better. They'll, they'll make better use of their time. They'll have better time management skills with staying, like, being an, playing an active role. 
But we, in the meantime, we we just unfortunately we just gotta wait until they sort this stuff out. So I hope I, I hope I hope it works out. Yeah, that and uh, more modes too. I'm I'm dying for some uh, Halo Infinite Rocket Race to be honest. So <laughs> more variety, right? Variety is a spice of life, whether it be for maps, modes, and so on. Uh, action sack. Yeah, action yeah. sack. Yeah, that's the unfortunate part is for three four three. Uh, because I was seeing some people say, imagine if Sony, a Sony studio, had done this to one of their IP, and I'm like, Sony doesn't have an IP like Halo. Period. Like they have to hit on every. If they hit perfectly and co-op was all there, and there's even more story content, and we're in the same multiplayer situation, so it could be infinitely better. Yet they would still have a huge uproar of complaints. Um, so they have to be perfect. And when it's not perfect, that's when they get in the situation where people are pissed. People want this. They want all every mode possible ever created from dungeon uh, from Bungie. <laughs> you know, whether I know infections, a popular one, but people want like everything they want snipers. Only. They want every single possible scenario fathomable. And if it's not there, they're going to be pissed. So that's the unfortunate situation that they're in with this IP. Everything has to be perfect. You don't have to do that for like, you know, Last of Us 2. Hell, two years later, you don't even have the multiplayer ready. No <laughs> yeah. one cares. They don't have IPs like this. So unfortunately, and that's why they're also limited on like, hey, they only have this amount of modes because apparently co-op's still a big freaking problem, apparently. Obviously, it's taken this long. It's not they they bit off more they can chew maybe they should have just done another linear halo game everything would have been their best halo ever you know from 343 they probably should have just stuck to that they went more ambitious maybe they shouldn't have done that after halo 4 and 5 um but that's where they are and now they're kind of stuck in this situation after they had some le creative leads le leave that probably didn't help the situation so they've gone through a lot of different head people um now, maybe, I don't know if, who has to go, if it's the top of the person that runs the studio. Like, I'm not sure what exactly the issue is, but hopefully now that Joe's stating there is there now, maybe hopefully going forward, you know, after they fix Forge and co-op, hopefully they'll be in a better place to where they'll be making consistent content. So, mm -hmm. but it is what it is. Yeah, no, a very good comment, uh, Eric. Uh, Centurion Pal, I mean, I would love to hear your thoughts on all this because, again, I mean, 343 put out, I mean, I'm, I'm glad to, I'm really happy to see a roadmap for the next two seasons. I mean, especially, I mean, you know, this one coming up and there's some good stuff here, but you know, what do you think about what everybody's been saying and what are your thoughts on it? Well, my initial thoughts were that the actual at least the diehard fans the ones that i have my ear that i listen to people like crusader i knew they weren't going to be happy especially when you know there was grumblings of potentially that the season two was going to be six months um and now that that is actually going that that is actually a thing now um and we actually kind of at least have the reveal of what we're getting for season two and the potential of season three <clears throat> excuse me i'm i knew ahead of time that there's going to be a lot of disappointed fans 
um i'm like i'll be up front i kind of missed on the halo train um purely because it was ma- mainly a single player experience for me because i still don't have a large group of uh friends that are actively playing the game to kind of suck me in so i'm constantly doing my single player thing and that's where i really feel maybe halo at least missed the mark at least for a fan like me where i did come home every single night looking forward to halo 3 and hanging out with everybody because that's every that halo 3 was all everyone was playing when that game came out and i was hoping that it was going to turn into something on that scale and regretfully um a lot of people have moved on to other things um maybe it was just so different um back in those days because there wasn't too many experiences that we could all gravitate away from to go do something else uh but nowadays the at least the multiplayer realm is uber competitive and this was no time for any company to be slacking um i mean gaming right now and the the amount of consumers that are being sucked into gaming right now is at an all-time high and 343 had the potential to really grasp something and the fact that you know regretfully that we have what we have with halo infinite it really stinks because i mean i had high hopes for it i really did i really hope this was going to kind of right the ship for 343 um they still have potential i mean all it takes is one good thing we all remembered what happened with destiny and bungie and how that game was pretty much at a at a stagnant kind of crawl and then all of a sudden they came out with the taken king so all of a sudden we could potentially get something that would completely fundamentally make the game relevant again i believe 343 has the potential to do it um but it just really stinks that you know the launch of halo infinite is going to at least in conversations in the future going to be referred to as a little bit of a rocky one all right that's a fair definitely fair assessment there yeah i mean I haven't been on it in a while, but again, the multiplayer, the multiplayer is a lot of fun. It's just, you know, it's a little stagnant for a little, little while for me. And uh, obviously a few others as well. Hopefully, uh, again, we got this content coming. It's not too far away, guys. Uh, what, like a week or so away. So I'm looking forward to diving into the new maps, modes, and so on. Ah, just, again, it's Halo, right? So... It should be. I, I just. That's one up. thing Bungie never really had to contend with, because by the time Halo Three came out, you had you know Modern Warfare, but you know at their next one wasn't until like Reach, as far as like the one they had to contend with with like for multiplayer. Um, and by that point, they that one wasn't at near as big as Halo Three, so they were on a decline there as well. So unfortunately, there's way more efficiency post Halo 3's release. Um, hmm. so unfortunately that's that's kind of where they are but yeah hopefully it's new fresher content coming out and and the great thing is that that they have everything um as far as like the multiplayer it's uh you know being free that's definitely gonna help because everybody keeps going back to these steam numbers saying hey they peaked two hundred and fifty thousand. well a lot of those people were probably not ones that were gonna stick around because you look at other games that hit like those type of numbers a lot of times it'll be like battle royales and a lot of people probably tried it out because every streamer possible was playing this game. Um, 
and it in even though they probably weren't going to stick around because it didn't have a battle royale mode but so I, the people were saying well it shouldn't have lost 90 percent, which yeah it shouldn't be as low as it is right now but people expecting like hey if it's you know at 150 oh my god this is if it does get back to 150 on like steam concurrent um thinking that would be like a disaster like it's like no they it's free so anyone can jump on it and it doesn't have the like most casual mode that everybody's mm-hmm. playing on like Fortnite and everything so people aren't going to stick around because people are conditioned to that mode halo has been gone for so long right well again it's something that we'll keep uh an eye on not too far away from uh the latest season anyways so there's some good stuff there to look forward to right and I know a lot of people are looking forward to jumping on the Halo again. Now, going into our last topic for tonight, guys, and you know, I have to admit, it's a real juicy one. A lot of people are looking forward to us talking about it. And according to Bloomberg and other outlets, Ubisoft is entertaining acquisition talks from other publishers. Well, I think other publishers, but there's a lot of equity firms involved here, too, such as Blackstone and a few other firms as well. And naturally, everyone's wondering what gaming mega publishers could be involved in these talks. Uh, General MLD, I'll uh, go to you, my uh, paladin of all things Xbox. Starting with you on here, uh, what do you think of Ubisoft here uh, being on the buyout market? And uh, who do you think would be interested in uh, swooping in here? Well, uh, I don't personally don't think Xbox uh, can do it right now. They are obviously tied up in the moment with a very, very big uh, acquisition right now. And even after that settles, I don't see them getting Ubisoft themselves. I feel like after the uh, Activision Blizzard, they're more in the market for uh, you know smaller acquisitions. Uh, but that, that's just me personally. I think Ubisoft is way too bloated for what they uh what they offer like like for, based on their output the number of employees and students that they have that would be a logistical nightmare to just buy that up and convert everybody to like yeah i don't see xbox doing it even with their war chest of microsoft and that goes double for sony i feel like i feel like bungie was sony's like ceiling or near their ceiling of what they could spend and if ubisoft is like if i if they're, if they're like a 10 billion plus dollar uh, evaluation, but obviously I think the an actual buyout would be much higher than that. I don't think that would be something Sony could even afford themselves either. If I had to guess, realistically, if someone really wanted to have an interest in them, it might be... I'm, I, I, don't, I don't want it to happen, but I'm thinking right now Tencent, and not an outright buy, more maybe more like a partial investment, like like something like you know, 10 to 40%, kind of like how Tencent invested into Epic, partially. Maybe something like that. Just something to prop up Ubisoft's fortunes and just, you know, like, give, give them the cash flow to, like, write their own ship. But, yeah, I don't see an actual, actual 100% buyout of Ubisoft by any big players anytime soon, uh, even though they are seemingly available. I just feel like there's just a lot of baggage with them, and... um yeah, I feel like it, just, it would just be a big headache. I'm not surprised that there's no uh, buyout offers, at least from the rumor mills and what they what they suggest. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, you can't crazier things have happened in the last couple of years. You never really know anymore. But uh, if I had to guess, I would say a partial investment via Tencent. Yeah. 
percent no. already has a five percent stake. In oh Ubisoft. well, there you go. They can easily just up that to to more. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. No, uh, it's going to be interesting to see who swoops in here because, I mean, Ubisoft their value has shrunk in recent years in uh, twenty twenty. Uh, sorry, in uh, what was it? Uh, 2020 yeah they were close to 12 billion and uh their stock pr- prices have been shrinking now i think they're worth well the close to five billion dollars so really that's nothing i mean a couple of years ago we saw zenimax bethesda get bought out by microsoft for what eight eight point five or so- something along that so really this is kind of chump change for uh, a big gaming publisher with some Nice IP, I would say. Uh, Centurion Pal, I mean, you know, they got Far Cry, Assassin's Creed. Uh, I'll, I'll admit I'm blanking right now, but you know what I mean. They, they have a bunch of really good IP. The crew. Uh, Ra- they own Tom the, the full yeah. rights to Tom Clancy. Yeah, Tom Clancy's the Rainbow Six games and whatnot, Ghost Recon. Like, uh, what do you think uh, about this? Who do you think could uh, swoop in here? Do you think anybody would be interested in acquiring Ubisoft? Dude, there is definitely going to be a player on the field that is interested in acquiring Ubisoft. I mean, Ubisoft, at least in my opinion, has made some made some games that I'm going to remember Uh, the Assassin's Creed franchise being one of them. I have played that game since day one. I've enjoyed it. Same with far cry. Um, They have games all over the industry. Um, I believe even rabbits is a creation and we've even seen crossover with Mario on that. Mm -hmm. Um, Ubisoft definitely whoever acquires them, would overnight become a very influential, I guess, uh, company when it came to gaming just because of the breadth and scope of the type of games that Ubisoft creates and has under their belt. Um, it would be a very interesting world to see somebody acquire them. I would have to, I heard somebody say Tencent. That would be a very scary one. Uh, same with Amazon. Um, Amazon has, that's where let's really talk about it. Who would have the pockets for Ubisoft? That would be a very large purchase. Uh, probably who here thinks I'd be bigger than Activision. Am I the only one that thinks I'd be bigger? Um, I think Amazon acquiring Ubisoft would be a bigger headline. I don't think it's bigger overall, if that makes sense. I'm talking Um, price tag. Oh no, no. No, Ubisoft would be much less. No way. Um, Ubisoft's net earnings aren't there's a so Ubisoft has more population in developers than Activision Blizzard, um, uh, Xbox Game Studios, and Bethesda Softworks combined. See, I'm going off of population thinking. Um, however, they do not have a runaway IP that makes hand over fist money like Call of Duty, World of Warcraft. And um, what's the stupid phone game? Um, Candy Crush, right? Activision Blizzard has three games that run away, make hand over fist every year. Um, Candy Crush alone makes almost $1 billion every year, right? That's 
20% of what Ubisoft's net worth is. Um, so I, I do, I, if Ubisoft was to be acquired, it, I, I don't see it going over $20 billion. I actually don't see it going over 15 personally, but it, it, the, the IP that they own makes it very complicated because they literally own Tom Clancy's name. Um, like they, they don't just own those IPs. They own the right to staple Tom Clancy onto anything that they want. Um, and that's, that's big. So that, that makes it hard to judge. Um, but I think the headline that Amazon buys Ubisoft would be a just as big of a what just happened kind of thing. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, it, that oh for sure that would put Amazon like front and center in the console space because that would just be absurd for them to just be like oh we're publishing on PC exclusively now when Ubisoft had that that network already set up. See, that's where I don't think they'll do that. If if because they they've already stated that they want so their games to be on console, they just haven't developed a game that could feasibly release well on console. Both of the games that they've released are MMOs. Um and they would require a lot of extra work to get them to, to function on a controller on console. Um, however, they said that they are a multi-platform developer overall, like their current publishing arm. They just have yet to do the multi-platform, if that makes sense. I, I don't think Ubisoft would leave. Um, I, I don't think they'll create their own console. They, they will. You could bet your ass goodbye that they'll never be on Game Pass again. They'll, they'll just be on Amazon's Luna service. Um, mm. But... See, that's where you have the library back catalog, something like yep. something like Amazon could be, see there's a there could be more potential in that back see for some a company like Amazon, that company could be worth more because of the back catalog and the streaming capabilities and what Amazon could have access to, where a, a smaller company that couldn't deliver those kinds of services, the company would hold less value because they they couldn't deliver that. Um Definitely, I'm just curious. Whoever does acquire Ubisoft, you got to remember, Ubisoft publishes games. They do a lot in gaming, and you would definitely it would be like taking a good five steps forward in a direction of trying to push yourself into the gaming market because of just how much uh, Ubisoft has established. I guess you'd say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Amazon is an interesting choice. I mean, I would argue Embracer uh, group because, I mean, they've outright stated that a couple of months ago that they're still interested in acquiring studios, whether that means big publishers. That's another thing entirely, but they're not afraid to spend their money right now. <laughs> that's for sure. They've been acquiring like crazy. Um, Tim, I mean, obviously you've been hearing the Ubisoft uh, talk the past week. Like, what what do you think about this? Because, I mean, they're not expensive, but, like, do you think, like, Sony could come in here or someone else? Like, what's your take? Uh, my overall take, and I'm going to get out of here after this. Um, I'm going to sleep. Um, my overall take is... Sony, very slim possibility. I don't think it's the right buy for them. Uh, as we talked, or some of the panel said, it's a bloated buy, which it is. Um, they're not in a good place right now, in my opinion. They have a lot of IP, like Skull and Bones, that uh, aren't. Uh, there's no updates on them. Um, I think that they really. Evil. 
beyond good and evil. I think that they really want to go the NFT route. And I think that they're, you know, getting resistance or they can see the resistance. Uh, you know, I think that they want to be exploitive in that that way, uh, you know, as they have in the past. But I think the word's out on them. And I just, I don't know. I just, I think that for me, uh, for Microsoft, I'm not buying them. Uh, or even thinking about them, especially with Activision on the table. Sony, uh, possible, but only on a on a on a on a good price, on a on a really you know undervalued price. You know, we talked about how big they are. They are very big. Twenty thousand employees is huge. Um, but you know, how are you going to offset those costs? How are you going to are you going to keep the employees? Uh, there's a lot of questions that would come into that. Uh, I hate to say it. I think uh, Tencent might be interested more uh, in taking a, a more of a share, or and or getting the whole you know whole whole thing. Embracer Group, yeah, they could. That would be their big find. But I just don't think Ubisoft's in a good spot right now because you know uh, they got away with a lot of things in the past. Um, and, and I just don't think that they can get away with the same things. Like if they try to do the, uh, the exploit NFTs and really, um, uh, you know, implement them in their games and, or, you know, uh, go with that. Uh, I think that if it was different climate, they would definitely go for it, but I don't, I think that they're, you know, um, kind of stuck because of, uh, you know, what's been going on with their games, you know, Division, I, I think that they stopped, they just stopped working on it, it seems like. Um, I, I don't know if there's been any kind of content push for that. Um, so overall, yeah, I, I don't think it's a good buy uh, for either Sony or Xbox, unless uh, more of Sony, I don't think Xbox would go for it, but uh, if Sony can get it, like, on the real cheap and cheap, um, but it looks like they're, you know, they're, they're kind of nervous right now. And that's why I think that they're trying to sell. Uh, I don't think they're in a good spot. And, uh, I think, uh, you know, as an investor or some reason buy that, I think that they know that too. So, um, the outcome is they might not sell and then maybe they try to fix these problems that they're having and release these games and, you know, uh, do the right thing. Um, in that regard, but uh, I don't know if they have it in them, to be honest. I, I'm not a fan of Ubisoft, you know, that much. Never really been, um, you know, and, uh, you know, they have good IP, but, uh, again, price, where they're going to come in at, and why they're in the position that they're in, all questions that need to be answered. And uh, I don't, like I said, if I'm really being honest, I don't think Sony's going to touch them. Uh, Sony can, with that money, buy, you know, three other studios and, and, and you know, you know, do a lot better. Uh, so with that, you know, um, good show tonight, guys. Sorry, I'm, I'm cutting loose, but I got to get up uh, 6, 6 a.m. So I got to try to get at least six thirty, six six and a half hours uh, sleep. But it's been a great show, and uh, see you next week. All right, Tim, have a good one. Um, but, yeah, guys, I mean, this is an inter really, really interesting to see what happens with Ubisoft. Uh, let's see. Eric, I don't think you've had a chance to chime in here. Um, 
What what are your thoughts on this? Like Ubisoft, I mean, they're not the most expensive publisher on the in the world. They have some nice IP, but I think Tim made some really good points uh, yeah, just cool. right now. What what do you think? Where do you think they're going? Um, yeah, I mean, I I'd probably think like Embracer Group or like somebody Tencent, um, somebody that has like the cash that's willing to drop it. Um, I probably don't see Sony doing it because they're probably thinking they they wouldn't need it because um, they know what Microsoft's not going to right now and probably not in the future because then that would probably get closer to like not that I think that would be a monopoly but that would be probably even a tougher sale because <laughs> at that point you'd have Bethesda, Activision, uh, Ubisoft so yeah I don't I don't think it's I think it'd be like one of those uh Embracer, Tencent, somebody like along those lines, if anybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a fair assessment. Uh, like to me, I think it'll be either one of these equity firms, or maybe, maybe like out of the big publishers, either Embracer or, again, I hate to say it, I'd rather not, but possibly Tencent. Like I could see them sneaking around there. Uh, anyone else? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, uh, there's a so I think EA could also be a contender in this. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I, I think people are sleeping on the fact that EA could be looking to expand, but I believe it will be someone outside of gaming that will try to get them, or at least someone who doesn't have a major foot in the door, because Ubisoft is kind of the perfect starter, like to to just be in. You're you're just kind of in with a because Ubisoft, I I. I I'd fight back on calling them bloated because they uniquely position themselves in a way that most other uh, studios don't. Most other studios are highly reliant on outsourcing uh, large sections of their dev work to um, outside studios like Certain Affinity or um, Behavior Interactive or uh, up until recently there was Valkyrie Studios, which Sony actually went and bought so that it would be internal. Um, Valkyrie helped out with, uh, I believe, both The Last of Us and um, God of War. Um, Ubisoft has almost their entire support structure internal. The only thing I'm not sure that they do internally is QA. Um, but almost the entirety of their support st uh, structure is internal, and it's very fluid. Where it's, um, A lot of their studios are, are just that. They're support studios that rotate from project to project as they're needed, on and off. And Historically, this has worked exceptionally well for Ubisoft. It's only been in the last like two or three years that they've had massive problems, and it's mostly due to the fact that they are getting into uh, what I'd call mimicry, where they are trying to mimic the success of other companies and trying to do the same thing. We saw that with like Hyperspace, the really bad Battle Royale they released. Mm. Um, and uh, But ultimately, I, I think that personally in my opinion it's going to be amazon who's going to get them in the end i, I if they're going to sell um and i i am hesitant to say that that is strictly a good thing or a bad thing because there is plenty of good that could come out of that and plenty of bad that could come out of that right um amazon's a company that of the like between amazon and um uh google amazon's the company that wouldn't wreck them further um i don't know that they would fix them enough to the point where they would need to be but what we want in this industry we are in 
is competition, competition, competition. Uh, that has been the vocal point of, I think, the entire Xbox uh, community, this generation, right? That we are excited that we're going to be entering a very, very competitive generation where Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo are each going to be pushing each other to do crazy, wild, awesome things, right? And I, I honestly think that from a services standpoint, if Amazon got Ubisoft and added Ubisoft to their uh, repertoire and could really get a subscription service going that was based around Ubisoft Plus and their Luna system, that we could see an actual competitor to Game Pass form that would force Microsoft to stay competitive long-term with Game Pass because Lord knows that PS Plus, whatever the highest tier is, is not going to do that at this point. But Amazon's a company who can afford to invest a ton of money into uh, this kind of service, and we could really see things spice up in this services area. And we want that because that's going to keep the price of Game Pass lower. That's going to make Microsoft on edge and trying to form as many deals to keep people subscribed. And uh, I, I really think that uh, Ubisoft would be a smart buy for one company, really one company only, and that would be Amazon. Um, other than that, uh, the only other people who I think it would be a intelligent buy for, maybe not smart, uh, but intelligent would be um, the equity firms, the private equity firms, because the, the gaming industry is just worth so much, and Ubisoft makes games that, that make money, right? It's not like Ubisoft's not making money. They just aren't making as much money as they once were, right? <laughs> Assassin's Creed sold hand over foot. Um, so has the newest Far Cry, right? they just need to get off this hump of we're trying to copy what other companies are doing. Like this like weird battle Royale project Q that they announced looks awful. Like why stop it? Get some mm -hmm. help. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, either way, it's just, uh, it'd be, it's curious to see who, what, what happens with Ubisoft overall. Everything is still in the early talks from what we're hearing. So, I mean, they could not sell. We'll see. They've uh, fended off acquisition attempts before, like uh, Vivendi in the past. But, hey, times can, you know, time changes, right? And who knows? We could see them acquired sometime, well, down the road in any case. Uh, anyone else have anything to add uh, before we uh, start signing off? Yes, no? Okay. Well, I believe on that note, uh, we will, uh, we've hit the tail end of the show and we will start closing things off. Uh, fun chat tonight amongst all the show members. Uh, also great chat tonight and viewers, guys, you, you guys rock. Thanks for the great turnout. Like always, uh, very entertaining in the chat. If you enjoyed tonight's talk, then consider leaving a like, subbing to the channel and sharing this out across various social spaces. Now over to the show outros. Obviously, Tim Dog left. His uh, Twitter handle is at uh, xcloudtimdog. Uh, General MLD, bud. Awesome show. Where can everybody follow you at? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Great show. Uh, I'm active on Twitter, at MLDGhost. Gamer tag is GhostMLD. You'll see me playing uh, whatever catches my interest there. And uh, yeah, here's hoping Xbox uh, yeah, gives us some interesting new news to talk about next week. And uh, yeah, looking forward to see you guys there, there, there then. 
Excellent stuff. Uh, Eric Bud. hey, I thought you had some really good points tonight. Great show. Uh, where can everybody follow you at? Yep, as always, you can find me at Shock Nero on Twitter, Easy Shock on Xbox Live. But yeah, good show tonight. Um, but yeah, thanks for stopping by. Mm -hmm. And let's see, going on down the list here, Centurion. Hey, love the presence. Uh, you know, you always got uh, some really good stuff to add in there. Uh, where can these fine people find you? Ah, for those who do want to find me in the crazy content that I do produce, you can find me at Centurion1307 on YouTube, Xbox Live, and, of course, Twitter. Uh, you can find me here every Sunday night with this amazing group of gentlemen right here. Um, it has been a great show, guys. I mean, I had a lot of fun tonight, and if you guys do want to continue having fun... Please follow me over onto Spooky Sprockets channel. I'm actually getting ready to hop over onto his podcast. It's his first podcast back. Um, I'm actually touched and honored that he'd actually reach out to me to join him for this first podcast. So I'm totally excited. And then, like I said, starting not this uh, Wednesday, but next Wednesday, you'll also find me over on Gaming Outside, uh, Gaming Beyond the Box, excuse me, uh, with Wilmy Hood and the amazing individuals over there. All right, lots of things going on at Centurions, and definitely uh, follow him on all those. And uh, Crusader, pal, uh, great input. You know, I thought you had some really nice points as well. Uh, where can everybody follow you? Uh, I had a great show tonight. Uh, everyone can follow me at Crusader3456 on Twitter. That's also my gamer tag, and that is also my Reddit handle, where you will find me have all kinds of uh, good... Um, things about leaks and rumors on r slash gaming leaks and rumors um yeah wonderful wonderful show tonight uh, i loved the the chat um if people think i'm this passionate about just halo you're wrong also destiny i get happy and mad at bungie too so yeah great show tonight all right, well said. And uh, rounding off the group, uh, you uh, guys can find my content on YouTube at Invader Gaming as well. Check me out on Twitter at Invader underscore 1986. Great show, and we look forward to seeing you all here next Sunday for the next excellent chat. See everyone. Have a good one.